Bitch, you good ease. What is your question, Madame? <laughs> Madame, what was my first line of dialogue supposed to be? Ah, oh, holy shit. Enter I... stage left. Hello. Welcome to this simulated pornographic experience. And then the house lights go down. <laughs> pornographic? And then, then the music starts up. That was your first line. Ah, sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I missed that. That's okay, you blew it. It's fine. <laughs> I wanted to start by saying I didn't know the guy who made Beginner's Guide was the same guy who made Stanley Parable. Dave Reedon. Yeah. Yeah, I had um, mm-hmm. re-listening to the first part and, you know, putting it out for export. Um, I, you know, that part stuck with me because I was like, oh yeah, he talked about that one game he wanted to talk about and, uh, you know, post on his own and then do like a video essay almost. Right. Um, if you were to stream something. And the more I dove into it, the more I was like, how the fuck do you talk about this? Because, honestly, how the fuck do you talk about Stanley Parable? True. Even more so, I think, with they, I, I Absolutely. They're both kind of critiques on playing games. They're right. not even... They're critiques on the person playing the game. They're not even... Um, Critiques on the game themselves. Maybe maybe they start that way, but it's a thinly veiled disguise to point you very quickly to the game's actual point, yeah. which is to be almost like a um, a, a a kind of biting critique about how games are even viewed in society and how games are perceived and. When I when I researched more about Beginner's Guide, I was just like, this seems really interesting to play, but also it seems like the kind of thing that would make me feel, like, uncomfortable. Right. Right. Did you... F- you've played it, obviously, because you said you want to talk about it. I have played it. it. Big fan. Um, does it make you feel that way? It doesn't because... It's, it's, a, a, it's fiction? No, no. It, it's a good point, because it is very meta, and it's a, definitely a game about games. It's almost a critique of the game community, mm-hmm. and I honestly don't feel like I have membership in the game community. Sure. I'm like this gamer on an island. You play very niche things. You and I, yeah. like, we we overlap in the kind of storytelling department, right. but, like, what you consider a good game is very different from what I consider. Can't overlap, game but, and, yeah, it's often different. And, and I don't know, do conventions, and I don't, I don't, you know. UPC. Yeah. You're on PC. Yeah. Um, I am not. So there's already, like, your breadth of material is much larger and much more experimental. So you're going to play a lot more experimental and uh, psychological, I would say, games. Whereas I... I don't, because that just doesn't pop up on Xbox. Yeah, you can't get those. No. And I I would say, like, that... A lot of people would say that makes me better, um, and I would agree... So, uh, (laughs) 
I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> What's new? For the longest time, I was just like, are, are PC gamers better? Because they don't have some oh. some really great titles that, that we do. Like what? For the longest time, Halo was not on PC at all. Listen, have you seen that new Xbox emulator? No. They are running Jet Set Radio Future at literally five frames per second. <laughs> like it's almost there. It's almost there. It's almost there. Just a radio. That's a good game. Oh, that's a fun game. So good. Um, I think if you know, correct me if I'm mistaken, but I actually think uh, my like your copy of Killer Seven is my copy of Killer Seven. I believe that's true. And I really want to play it with you. <laughs> I'm always down. Yeah. That, you, game, that game kicks ass. You gave it to me like 10 years ago, and then I played through it and never gave it back. Yeah. <laughs> I still have it. Yeah. Obviously, I can give it back to you. <laughs> no. I don't have a GameCube anymore. Maybe that's why. I don't have a GameCube, and I have Dolphin for the PC. And I actually Did have... I ever pay you for it? How much do you want for it? I don't want anything for it. I have Dolphin, and I have I actually have the ROM for... Kelsey. You have a ROM of Yeah, so I okay. literally play it on PC. And you're... Okay. Yeah. It's... Let me tell you, that game has left an impression on me. I oh. love everything Grasshopper does, and I love... Suda51? Suda! Suda! Suda. Yes. How can you forget? Suda! Um, I own, like, all of his games, and they're great. Do you know he's the same person that is Luda? Luda is Suda. Did you know that? The rapper? Ludacris? It is. It's it is, Suda 51. It is not. He's the game designer. And that's why he always talks about, I got Xboxes on my ices. It's because <laughs> he makes games. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It all makes sense now. Yeah. It all ties in. I I don't think I beat that game. I think mm. I got all the way to the end and could not... Ooh. make it up the the building or the tower and i think i fucked up somewhere Ooh. and and i saved when Ooh. i had like three or four characters dead oh that's mm, that's it, a harsh one put me in a fucking corner it's not a good one nope i was desperate you're fucked you're fucked you see what yeah, you see yeah, what that, yeah no it's accurate yeah and then um my my biggest hopes for when when we play through it because it's gonna take a little while. I mean, I don't remember it being a particularly long game. I just you remember it being, you know, if you don't remember how to play, it could be a little confusing. Right. But it's pretty streamlined, you know. Well, literally, yeah. The control scheme even is is it's so bizarre to describe the gameplay to somebody. <laughs> it's a rail shooter. Yeah. And, but, but you choose where to rail. But you choose where to rail, and it's a story-driven rail shooter. Yes. Which is the only time that... With mysteries and puzzles. And there's no other game that's a story-driven rail shooter. It's a ridiculous idea. There is one. There's one. I've played the House of the Dead Redux on Ooh. Wii, and um, their, one, their one mode is absolutely decision-making rail shooter. Okay. And I thought that was super interesting. That's cool. But that was the only other fucking thing that comes to mind yeah. when I think of how Killer7 plays. Right. Like, you can go through House of the Dead and play it one way, but I remember the endings being vastly different, and I don't think Killer7 works that way. I think Killer7 has a finite conclusion. It has with, one ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I don't remember if Suda's ever been the type of guy to, to fuck around with different endings. I don't hmm. think... I don't think No More Heroes did that. I don't think... Um, oh, no, No More Heroes had secret endings. You would have to do things to unlock further gameplay. Like, okay. if you played through No More Heroes and was able to kill every every bad guy within, like, a certain time limit, you would unlock the final match, which is just a joke in the... Uh, on the regular playthrough, you don't actually fight the guy. It's just a cutscene, and then the and then the game ends. Whereas if you do everything, you actually do get to fight that guy, and no matter the outcome, it still releases a cool uh, cutscene. Oh, that's and, cool. And changes the end of the game a little bit. Um, I actually don't think I ever beat No More Heroes two. It didn't have the same. It didn't have the same gusto that the first one did. No. Um, but I still own it. I think I'll get around to it at some point. Um, probably on my next playthrough of No More Heroes, because I can play through that entire game in an afternoon. Right. <clears throat> and love it. Shadows of the Damned. Um, good. Oh, What's, yeah. That one. Jesus. Shadows of the Damned is one of my favorite games for the Xbox 360. I never played that one. Oh, you I, have I to. I completely missed that one. You have to. I was trying to think of other Suda games, and, and the other ones like I haven't played and whatever. <sighs> Zombie, Cheerleader... Lollipop Chainsaw. Haven't yeah, that's it. what it's fucking called. No, no um, desire to play it. Very funny. Very good voice acting. Lollipop Chainsaw. Yes, very good voice acting. I remember thinking it was very funny. Flower Sun Rain. Holy shit! I don't think I've played that. That one is like is like Killer Seven strikes a good balance between the insanity of like his storytelling and like yes. the uniqueness of his gameplay. And then, like, No More Heroes goes more with, like, the uniqueness of gameplay. It's just a fun game to play. Shadow and of the Damned fits that that avenue as well. Yeah. Flowers on Rain is the other way around. Where it's, it's all uh, about storytelling. It's all about storytelling. It's insane. You're like a ghost. You're like a time-traveling ghost or something like that. I don't even know. I spent, like, 30 minutes with it, and I just had a headache. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just had to quit. <laughs> there was no, I couldn't do it. That's actually pretty interesting. I hadn't even heard of that one. Yeah. Um... I, I the last one I played was Killers Killers Dead. Killers Dead. And That's thought, another one actiony. I thought that was good too. And then his first game, also completely inaccessible, and I got a refund on Steam for it. Is uh, the Silver Case? Just sucks. Don't think I played that either. So Killers, I I, I feel like Killer Seven is when he reached like his like oh I know how to make games now. His understanding, his yeah. balance. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to hit that because there are a lot of games that I've been playing recently where it's just like uh, it can't it can't balance like its intention with its gameplay, right? And that usually ends up like crashing at some point. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. You know, like what's what's a specific example I've been dealing with recently? Gone Home. Okay. Gone Home is like one of those where you really should care about the story and dive into it and try to experiment with the narrative lengths right. of things. But the gameplay is just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Only certain things are interactable, but it right. sets you up in an atmosphere where like you're supposed to look for interactable things. Like I've heard about that story going into and out of like multiple different topics. Yeah. You know, I'm supposed to care, but right. I don't because the game is having me run over all this fucking house, yep. opening cupboards and looking for little, you know, little details that I missed. And I'm, you know, that's not, that's not fun. I got you. <laughs> that's not fun. Nor is it interesting. I it's cry like, every time. 
Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been gone home twice and I cried both times. <laughs> I cared very deeply the first time. Django! <laughs> <laughs> and then I finished it and I was like, that's it? Yeah. Because I've gotten to the part where they do... Um, they're doing like actual... Well, I'm not talking about the scissoring. I'm not talking about if you the can't, lesbian. If you're not uh, watching the live stream right now, I'm, no I'm putting my fingers in the V and then I'm intersecting them. And it's a you euphemism. Feel, if you listen closely, you can hear it. That's my fingers. <laughs> That's their vaginas. <laughs> and it gets to the part where they're like, they're like seriously doing like some genuine demonic ritual like... Like, oh yeah, the, there is that turn in there where you're like that throws me for a fucking loop in the basement and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're like the, trying the to weird, the weird history of the house yeah. and stuff. That's cool. And I always thought that that would have been much more interesting of a fucking story. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it's it's a nice as it is. I think it's a nice misdirection on the on the way the story's gonna go. Yeah, and then but then it but just it's, ends. It's a tantalizing little idea. Yeah, but then sure. it just ends. Did you like Tear Esther? Did you play that? That's the um, other one that's like so, gone home. It's like the walking simulator. So, dear Esther, I played a long time ago. Um, on uh, what was it? Was it the original Xbox 360, or was it um, probably? I think it was Marketplace. It was for, probably Marketplace for Xbox 360. Yeah. And um, everyone told me it would be this like amazing experience. <laughs> and, you know, I think I think the problem is word of mouth. Yep. Honestly, I think. Um, you know, you didn't talk up Firewatch a lot. You just told me I needed to play it. So then I played it, and I ended up really liking okay, it. Okay, cool. But people just talked and talked and talked and fucking talked about Dear Esther. <laughs> and then I picked it up, and I was like, I'm alone! That's the game. I was like, what's happening? That's gonna sound funny. That's no, that's 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 me. That's me on my Scottish Isle next to the babbling brook in the in the ocean, wondering where all the ghosts are. <laughs> and that oh. was my experience with the Arrester. I probably um, I didn't play it on my console. I played it on someone else's. I actually might have played it on someone else's PC. It might have been a friend of a friend who told me to play it, and then I went over for an afternoon and tried playing it. Could be Franz McBoohoo. Sure. He sounds like the type of person who says, this is so good, it's emotional. And then, like, I play it and I'm like, fuck this. Um, what I have wanted to play and have not actually played yet is the um, the family one. The family one. There's a new one. Uh, the, what's it? The, un, the untimely demise of... Oh, that... I or, like that one or a lot. Something the, or something. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch. Edith Finch. That's right. Edith Finch. Yeah, that made, one. Made, I believe, by the Chinese rooms, Chinese room, same developers of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Look at me with my gamer things. That's good. I'm so good with that. I haven't played that. I think that's right. I think you're right, too. I, I remember right. looking up their history and saying, why have I never heard about yeah. these guys making other games before? That's because they had, they had made a PC oh, exclusive. That one was really good. I like that one a lot. The Rapture one? Uh, or, no. Or Everyone's Gone to the Rapture was fine. I didn't hate my time with it, but it was fine. Um, what Remains of Edith Fitch, I thought was really good. I've been told to play it by multiple people, and I'm, I'm waiting for... Again, I'm waiting for a price drop. I think indie titles... Mm -hmm. Indie titles, if they have the length to sustain a lot of money, I will pay a lot of money to play them. Like, right. um, I got... Uh, 
I got Hollow Knight for $12, but I easily would have paid 40 for it. The game is killer. Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I got uh, I got Shovel Knight for, like, 15 easily would have paid, you know, 40 for Another it. Yep. Whereas... Edith Finch has always been like 40 and I hear it's just like a three hour, four it hour game. It's not very long. So I'm like, it's really hard for me to spend more than like a movie tickets price on that. Yeah. So I'm waiting for it to get down to that like $10, $15 range for me to buy it. Yeah. Uh, because that's what Firewatch was. I kept waiting for Firewatch to drop below 30 and then one day it did and I was like, okay. Right. And then I bought it and I played the shit out of it and really liked it. And that one's only like five hours too, right? Or five exactly. Or yeah, yeah. I was able to play through that in one day. And, um, what, what did you think of Dear Esther? Uh, I completely agree with you on Dear Esther. Uh, I think it was like, I think it spawned the popularity of the walking simulator. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know, Kanye West as a producer. Yeah. Is there a better analogy? I see what you're saying. No, there has to be a better analogy. Hold on. Let me, let me track that back. Uh, what is it like? What is something that's not great, but it spawns a genre? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, M. Night Shyamalan films? M. Night Shyamalan films being, like, the horror suspense twisty things? The what a twist. The what a twist. Good. Type type of movies. Fair enough. It's like signs. Some of them are great. Like signs. Most of them are not. Like devil. Like devil. Or, uh the visit it's like devil okay it's like devil it's like devil spawning the we're all stuck in a box and one of us is a monster that kind of thing yeah so it spawned a genre it spawned like walking simulators but i agree dear esther's not you can basically get anything you want from that game and just like reading about it you can just be like oh yeah his daughter his daughter was in a car accident and he's uh very upset and he jumps off of a radio tower that's it. <laughs> That's the game over. I didn't need to walk around an island for six <laughs> hours to come to this fucking conclusion. There's not I'm really, really excited to, to get into some Let's Play stuff with, with you. I think, Me um, too. I think it's, it's been something that you and I have talked about for a very long time and just never got around to doing because of one thing or another. And I think it's very time consuming too. Like, um, editing Let's Plays is doubly as hard as editing a podcast. I'm realizing that right now on our first, on our first edit, it is literally like editing a movie. You are listening for lines. You are trying to find nice jump cuts, nice transitions from thing to thing. You know, it's, um, the type of Let's Playing that I'm doing is so much more, like I think developed um, into an experience of watching it as opposed to someone just let's playing and streaming it online with not too much commentary. I do. Like, I do like your edited let's plays. We are. You gotta cut the fat. It's it's not just cutting the fat, but it's um, dialogue with a person like a podcast. You know, my dearly departed um, super best friends. They they towed this line their entire tenure on YouTube where it was kind of like you're just listening to a podcast. Sometimes they'd talk about shit completely irrelevant to the game they're playing, Mm -hmm. but they'd always try to bring it back around. And they were okay at playing games. None of them were experts at at anything. Like, you... 
you can watch them play through Resident Evil 7 a million times and they will die and die and die and die and die when you as a player playing that game probably figured it out on the on the second or third try and they died in real life that's and then they died in real life that's why they're no longer around yeah they're so, they're not a thing anymore and fame came hard and fast for them and they, they were a group for like 12 years though are they all dead in real life? They're not dead. No, none no. of them are dead. <laughs> so they were super best friends for for like three years, and then Liam left, and then it was the super best friends with the three of them for the last nine years. So holy shit, they they made their lives around that. It's and the then, same same thing that happened with Oasis. It's the exact same story. I don't know Oasis. Oh, Liam. Oh, the band. And Liam Noel and Noel Gallagher. Gallagher. Best, oh, you're talking super about. best friends for 13 years. Then Liam left. Brothers. Yeah, and now. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> so maybe. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking a lot. I think we're both very excited to get into a game. I think you're gonna be the um. You're gonna be the next person I play a game with. I'm currently finishing tonight. I am finishing my playthrough of Luigi's Mansion Ooh. with Tenron Otrin. Ooh. And uh, he's super excited because he knows that when we're done with Wait, that... Wait, can you edit this next part up? Yeah. And then you can... You, Captain <laughs> Death, you can go back in here. Okay. Um, so uh, he and I are... I played through the first episode of Luigi's Mansion by myself because I just wanted to get it out there as a thing. And then on the second and, epi- uh, and third episodes of what is going to be the Luigi's Mansion playthrough, um, I have Tenron Otrin there with me because he felt... He was very um, nostalgia-wise connected to Luigi's Mansion as a game because he wasn't able to own uh, violent or dark games in his oh, household okay. as a child. So when he was able to own a console, it was always a Nintendo. When he right. was able to own a scary game, it was always something akin to a Nintendo family game. Um, so Luigi's Mansion is very near and dear to him for opposite reasons to me. So we have a pretty fun dialogue cool. um, for those games. Um I don't know what I'm going to play next. I have a couple different people talking a, diff- a couple different things to me, and I'm not sure if I want to go super fucking visceral or super fucking, like, psychological, because those are the two directions to go um, after Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion is very vanilla. It's yeah, very that's neither. There, there is nothing visceral or psychological about Luigi's well, Mansion. Well, you do learn that Luigi was dead the whole time. Yeah. And the ghosts he was talking up were alive people. <laughs> and he was trying to get back to the living world. So, that, I mean, that's pretty crazy. It's like the doom psychosis. It's like the guy who... <laughs> there's like a there's like a creepypasta story about a guy okay. in real life who thinks uh, he's, he's living doom. And then he like blinks and realizes he's in a mental hospital and he just murdered like a, oh, b- a bunch of people. It's pretty And he thought they were cyber demons. <laughs> he's yelling about cyber demons. And someone's like, someone's like, get, get the fucking, uh, get the fucking cart. We need to, uh, we need to, we need to knock this guy the fuck out. One sec. Just a reminder, uh, you're listening to Power 97, uh, New York City's only hip hop station. Uh, next up, we're going to have a hot track from Nicki Minaj. Uh, is she dating a child molester? That's my question. Because I've heard on the internet that she's dating a child molester. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, or maybe not a child molester. Maybe a rapist. Ooh, here's a fun fact. Mystical. You know, of like, keep bumping me against the wall. You know that guy? 
he uh, tried to get his hairdresser to blow him, and then he went to jail for a little while. That was cool, but most people don't know about it, about Mr. Cal. You know Mr. Cal with like Bruno Mars and stuff? Yeah, most people don't know that. But uh, that's a fun fact. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's a burglar. No! The dog was being annoying, so I had to move the dog. That makes sense. I saw him start to lift his leg, and I was like, oh. <sighs> he has to go outside. I talked about nothing in your absence. I'm really glad. <laughs> That's the... Uh, already have something to look forward to when I'm <laughs> editing this episode two weeks from now. You keep bumming me against the wall. So, um... <sighs> I'm sure there's tons of shit I could talk about, but we're not gonna. We're just gonna jump into the Let's story. Let's shake that ass. Yeah. This is, uh, watch yourself. Ooh. We are uh, on part two. Oh, sorry. Where am I? No, that's a person on the show. So, uh, <laughs> this is Lots of Pasta, episode 128. And um, I am here with Django Phillips. Django! And we are doing the part, what is technically part five of Gone. the Baraska series. You held up four. <sighs> do, do you remember what we did a couple weeks ago? Yes. When we last left off. They're back ten years later. The whole planet was dogs. <laughs> he had to kill a dog and he Episode climbed inside 37. a dog. And he, he fucked a dog and he had dog kids. The and dog, there's dog trees. The dog mother. What, what actually was... Can we do a quick five-second recap of what actually was? They went back. Ah, okay. So. They went back. Sam is a heroin addict. Yeah. Kimber has PTSD. Yeah. Doesn't like to be touched. Um, Kimber shows up on Sam's door and says, we have to go back. Very, um, you know, 80s stereotype sequel. Right. Kind of, you know, uh, plot Don't you forget about me. We have to go back. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, can't leave, I don't, I don't know, you and I disagreed because <laughs> I think he should go back, I think he should get revenge, and you were like, what's the point? Like, leave, leave well enough alone. Kind of, yeah. And, um, I think we both just wanted the story to end, yep. and here we are. 100%. Um, back into it, and I hope it just ends in a, you know, conducive way, and yep. I just hope it's... <laughs> Cathartic. Yeah, yeah, like I just hope it um, it changes what how I feel right now about it. <laughs> the, the check for this episode, by the way, I'm so sorry to do this on air. You're yelling at me. Bring, this bringing is, it up on the fucking episode. This is episode. direct deposit. You're bringing it up on the fucking episode because the last two have bounced. I told you to fucking. The last text two checks me. have bounced. I told you to text me about this. Well, I, could, I mean, I can text you, but it's a pretty big problem when I go to cash check and they like cash? laugh at me. How much? Do you know you have Mickey I, Mouse checks? How much did I put? Yeah. They I don't even love, take me seriously when I go in. I fucking love Mickey Mouse. They fucking laugh me out of the I, bank. I, I like Mickey Mouse. Okay. Well. How much How much was the check for? The check was supposed to be for $12. Fuck. Your and, and standard episode fee. Yeah, it and it bounced. Fuck. It bounced. Shit. Yeah. Do you know how embarrassing Shit. it is to have a $12 check bounce? Fuck. Yeah. No, well. Dude. They charged me $140 <sighs> because your $12 check bounced. So now you owe me what 152 you, Who bank do you go to? It doesn't have an American name. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't translate. It's overseas. Yeah. There's no English equivalent. Wow. It's just Arabic. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll write you a check for $14 next time. 152 It's 152 <laughs> I'll write you a check for $14. <sighs> All right? God damn. It's, it's fine. It's, I'm cutting you off. It's fine. <laughs> I got kids, man. I want you to be able to buy 
two Subway sandwiches. I got five kids. Nothing else. <laughs> what do you want me to do? This is my only job. So this is going to be part five <laughs> of the Baraska series that we've been doing. Um, ten years later, they're deciding to go back. The only thing that's happened so far is they've gotten in the car and decided to yep. go there. And Sam makes a muck of things by calling out his old boss, uh, Mira, yep. and claiming to you know try and get his nephew, quote-unquote, back. Right. I have no doubt that it is Christie's child, um, but that is the gray area of, you know, is, is he fit to be a parent? Should he be able to claim that child? You know, there's a really weird look And they're going to do it. They're going to do it. He keeps thinking they're... I was hoping you'd forget. Nope. Honestly. Haven't forgotten. Between parts one and uh, parts two. Recording. What did I say in the first one? I said they're brother and sister. You said and you that know Kyle what? and Kimber were brother and sister. They were. And you know what I'm saying in the second one? They're going to do it. You're going to say that no. Sam and Kimber are going to fuck. And they're going to fuck. It's going to happen. One of the main plot points is getting Kyle back. Roll the tape. And they drove up to the the way the last episode ended. They drove up to Baraska yep. with guns, uh, you know, on the hip, uh, ready ready to spill some blood. And uh, no one was there, and the shiny gentleman was gone. So that's what's. Can I try that? Yeah. Uh, you may not want to. Why? Fair warning. Do you have the Do you have the herbs? Do you have the oral herbs? Shit. Let me just um. Do you want to try this? No. Do you have the Do you have the herbs? I don't have herpes. Okay. Well, I might. That's what this. I think this. This is what this <laughs> is. Well, I'm sick, so I don't want to. Okay. I'm getting over a cold. I'm medicating. I'm on an antibiotic, so it shouldn't do anything. Um. I just don't want to give you the herbs. You know. That's good. I just pretty, want to try the, um, I don't believe I've had angry orchard pear. Okay. This is pear, right? It's pretty good. Yeah. I like pear in general. I'm trying to compare the two. Think... Yeah, I like pear too. Do you like pear better than cider cider? Or no? No. Yeah. It's just a fun... Diversion? Yeah, this one's juicier. Ooh. Ooh, that's juicy. Cool. Crispin Glover. Coming through. Crispin Pacific pear. Crispin, you got the goods, man. Thank you. That's green and that's I really, delicious. I just really wanted to share my ciders with the world. My penis went back inside my body. <laughs> when you imagined his parted hair. Yep. It did went. And his pointy nose. And now it's no longer functional. Crispin Glover would play a really good uh, James Prescott in this story. Yep. <laughs> Creepy dude who was raping the town's daughters. <laughs> he would even make a good, like, Sam. And that is where you and I disagree. <laughs> Making sandwiches? Nope. <laughs> Kimber, I can't. I'm on heroin now. <laughs> Maybe Sam's roommate from part one. <laughs> the hacker guy. The hacker. <laughs> I always like to... I'm in. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's my favorite trope to exist in, in anything. Yeah. It's when a person sits down at a keyboard for two seconds... Hits a bunch of random shit and then turn to the camera and say, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were, they were the, the scene's scapegoat. Enhance. 
enhance. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, is there anything you want to say before we get into this? No. All right. This this is going to be uh, episode five, Braska Up Your Aska. Uh, here with Django Phillips, uh, we're starting on chapter seven because the new one isn't cut into parts, it's cut into chapters. Um, anyway. I could feel I was moving before I even opened my eyes. It was the gentle, swaying cadence of a car on the highway. Instead of coming awake slowly like I preferred, I bolted upright in a panic. That's actually how I wake up most mornings. It's just... <laughs> I wake up like someone just gave me a nice slap. Wow. Yeah, I never have those gradual, like... And I'm just like... Oh, what a beautiful... Like, no, like, every morning it's like... I'm awake! Wow. That's kind of fucked. <laughs> and I don't drink coffee. Kimber was driving, and she didn't look away from the road. Are you okay? I asked her. No. I was... I was starting to remember what had happened on the mountain. I'm... I'm sorry. Kimber didn't respond. Did I walk to the car? I was sure I knew the answer, but hoped I was wrong. No. You were dragged to the car. It was actually impressive that she could drag a full-grown man through 200 <laughs> yards of snow. I was constantly underestimating Kimber. Look, I rubbed my face and realized my hands were like ice. I'd laid them over the heaters on the dashboard, I mean. The good news is that Baraska is gone and no one is suffering anymore. No one? She yelled. Me. Me, Sam, I'm suffering. Her voice was scratchy. It was obvious she had been crying and judging by the current time, probably for hours. I'm sorry, that's not what I meant, I said. You don't fucking get it. If Baraska is gone, then that means my source lied. Lied. Not just about Baraska, but about everything. Yeah, Kay, but we knew that was always a possibility. A possibility, yes, but I still had hope. Hope that he was right about everything. Hope that there was a chance Kyle would come back. Look, we need to accept the facts, okay? Baraska is gone. Dismantled. It clearly hasn't been there for years. So either your source doesn't actually know anything or he's trying to trick you for some reason. But either way, Kimber, he's lying to you. She slammed her hands on the steering wheel and openly sobbed. No! I'm sorry, Kay, I said quietly. I should have realized Baraska was gone with the town gone to shit and everything. Why Why did he even want us here, this guy? Who is he? It doesn't matter anymore. Kimber's voice cracked. Yes, it does. It sure as fuck matters to me. Who was your source, Kimber? She shook her head but said nothing. God damn it, Kimber. Why don't you trust me? I was fully prepared to die at your side today, but you still don't trust me? I trust you, Sam. I do. I know you would never intentionally hurt me, but you have completely given up on everything. Your life, yourself, and on me. You're irrational and unpredictable. If it was just my life at risk, I would tell you everything he told me, but this is about Kyle, too. Then what else did he tell you, Kimber? What other promises did he make? She shrugged and wiped the tears away from her face. He said he had seen some medical records and that he could get them for me. Medical information for some of the Baraska babies in town, and my mom and Kyle. 
Kyle. I snapped. Always back to Kyle. He was our friend, Sam. Yeah, he was my best friend. And I watched him get beaten to death, and I saw the aftermath. You're being fooled, Kimber. Stop torturing yourself. He's gone. I didn't want to pick at my motivations for believing it so adamantly, but I saw it in the ether of my mind, the raw truth of it. I knew that the real reason I was so sure Kyle was brain dead was because I couldn't bear the thought that I had been wrong, and that I had left my best friend alone in this den of monsters. I couldn't handle any more guilt in this life. I know that now, Kimber said, the sobs racking her body. <sighs> I know he's gone. But I didn't stop. I couldn't stop. I was a monster now, too, driven by the unseen. And what would you have done if Kyle was just sedated, Kay? No, I really want to know. What do you mean? I would get him out of here, she cried. And then, when you told him the truth about who he is, about who you are, you read the same letter I did. Things can never be the same between you. I would never tell him any of that, Kimber spat. Her eyes were red from crying and her fair skin was already so pale. She seemed so delicate, but I knew she wasn't. I knew she could take more. I wanted to push her buttons. I wanted her to hit me, scream at me, push me out of the car on the interstate. I needed the pain. I deserved all of it and more. Then I would tell him, I said, because it would be cruel to lie to him. No! She screamed. It would be cruel to tell him the truth. He can never know Sam. Never. You have to tell him, Kimber, I said bitterly. He's your brother. No. Kimber was beginning to shudder. Stop, please, no. If this was really your plan all along, then Kyle is lucky he's dead. No. <laughs> Kimber was now shaking so badly, it looked like she was about to have a seizure. She was beginning to lose control of the car. What the fuck was I doing? And why, I pushed my fingers into my temples. I wanted to die, but I didn't want her to die. I had to get her to stop the car. Pull over. I said quietly. No, it's a turtleneck thing. <laughs> I said quietly. I had to get her to calm down. Hey, fuck you. She yelled. Pull over, Kimber. <laughs> I reached over to the grab the wheel, but Kimber slammed on the brakes and we were suddenly skidding to the side of the road. This time I didn't hit my head. As it turned out, Kimber had buckled me into the car. The Mazda bumped up against the metal gate that lined this side of the highway and Kimber threw the car in park. She laid her head on her arms at the steering wheel and bawled like I... <laughs> it's bald like basketball <laughs> and not bald like cry, so it's funny to just imagine her shooting some hoops to, like, you know, like get through the emotions. She's like she's like Michael Jordan in that one moment at the uh, beginning of Space Jams where he's, like, playing with his kid, like, remembering the good old Ask days. Ask me if I've seen Space Jam. She laid her head in her arms at the steering wheel and bawled like I hadn't seen her since her mother died. I don't want to know the answer. You know I sat. The answer. I know the answer, but I don't want to hear it come from you. I sat next to her and watched her pain, stunned by my own callousness and cruelty. I loved this girl like a sister. Which, oh, as we've established in this universe, means I wanted to he fuck this fuck girl. Her. More than I had even loved my own, why was I trying to hurt her? I was so out of control. It wasn't me. It didn't feel like me. The monster inside me begged for a fix, and if I didn't feed it soon, it would continue to control me, and I would get us both killed. What do you want from me, Sam? <laughs> Kimber whimpered. I held up my hand to touch her back, but remembered that Kimber didn't like being touched, least of all by me. They took everything from me, she said quietly. My mom, you... My body, 
my ability to ever have babies. I can't let them take Kyle too, Sam, if there's even a chance. She looked up at me then. Do I not deserve a sliver of happiness? Even just a little before I die? What did I do that was so wrong? Why does God hate me? I shook my head. I had no words. Why do you hate me? She whispered. I don't. God, I don't, Kimber. I'm, I'm so fucking sorry. I'm, I'm a piece of shit. I felt like I had apologized to her every hour or so since she'd come to Chicago. She deserved better than me. She deserved Kyle. But I knew she'd never get him. Why don't you let me drive back to the hotel? The hotel? Why would we go back there? They know we're here. We're almost at the border. Let's just get out of Missouri. But what about our stuff? My heroine. <laughs> You're my inner voice. <laughs> I'm your inner voice. You're my inner voice. My heroine. Kimber wiped her eyes. Buy new stuff. It's not worth your life. But we were seven hours from Chicago, and I knew I was less than a half an hour away from a meltdown if I didn't get back to the hotel. Look, we'll just go back real quick, and I'll run up and get our stuff. I'm poor, Kimber. I need my stuff. I could tell by the thinly veiled look of pain she gave me that she knew the real reason I wanted to backtrack to Prince Ridge. And then her eyes sort of dulled over, like her soul was melting away. Sure. I don't fucking care anymore. The person I came for is gone. I'm gonna sleep. Kimber crawled into the back seat and curled up into a ball. I'll make it quick, I said and moved over into the driver's seat. I could hear Kimber crying all the way back to Drisking. <laughs> <laughs> you play such, such, can I just say, like a, you're a real Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. As Kimber. I don't know what that means. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> Who likes to sell fake things to yeah. hapless human beings. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I'm big in a goop. Chapter 8. <laughs> the grand the grand chapter. The hotel was quiet. No police presence. No note on our door. No blinking light on the phone. Nothing to confirm that we had indeed been outed. Cedric around, Poe. Kimber tiredly climbed the stairs to the room and lay down on the bed as I loaded everything into the car. I let it lie there while I locked myself in the bathroom to get high. Who wrote Christmas Carol? Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. When I came out, she seemed to be asleep. Kimber, come on, we gotta go. Nothing. Kimber, I walked over and shook her. No, I'm not going anywhere. She answered. You can go. Take my car. Just leave me. She's Kimber's, she's Irish. Kimber's, Kimber's she's, either Irish or Jamaican. She's fresh off the boat. <laughs> Take me car. Just leave me here. I wanted to argue with her, but my eyes were already heavy as the H breathed sweet euphoria into my body. I lay down in the other bed. Oh, he just hit just now. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. And enjoyed the high for a while. If we were going to be killed in our sleep that night, I wanted it to be like this. <laughs> I dreamt of nothing but right. blackness, which is what the dope brought me. But slowly I became awake in the darkness to the sound of piercing metal screams floating down from the mountains. Echoes of a beast already slain, but still haunting me, hunting me. The nightmares were back. I turned my head towards the window and watched the snowflakes that were falling through the fluorescent light over our door. No one had come in the night to kill us yet. I closed my eyes and enjoyed the feeling of heaven still coursing through me. It was a feeling I loved, waking up high, enjoying it for a few minutes, and trusting that it'll cradle me back to sleep and make me whole in the night. It was a monster I never wanted to kill, that encompassed me. The metal whirling started up again. I opened my eyes to the window, 
as if expecting to see the shining gentleman sitting outside of it covered in snow. Was it real? It was so hard to tell, it began nodding off again. And then I heard it a third time. The shiny gentleman was quieter than it had been nine years before, but it was still there, still alive, floating down through the black mountains to my door. I concentrated. My head tried to wander, but I focused on the noise again and again until I was sure. It was real. When I opened my eyes, sunlight was peeking through the curtains. I turned over to look at Kimber's bed. She turned her back to me and was so curled into a ball above the covers. It didn't look like she had moved since the night before. Kimber! She didn't respond. How, do you think she propped up the pillows under her blanket and made it look like she was there, but she's not actually Ooh. there? Do you think that's gonna happen? <laughs> it might. Uh, nope. <laughs> I thought you had it. I thought you had it. <laughs> what do you want, Sam? I heard the quiet reply. I heard it last night. The shiny gentleman. I took a deep breath. Baraska is still there. She was silent a moment, then slowly rolled over to look at me. I didn't hear anything. I did. I swear, it's quieter, like it's farther away, but it was there. Kimber sighed and then sat up. She looked at the clock. 7.53 a.m. I don't think you heard anything at all. I furrowed my eyebrows. I know what I heard, Kay. She shrugged and got out of bed. Every time he calls her Kay instead of Kimber, it makes me think of Men in Black. And then I just see Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones sitting in the other bed instead of, like, a young girl. That's what Kimber looks like, though. I'm sure you believe it. <laughs> she said she shrugged off her parka. Kimber, I said, leaning up on one elbow. You saw it yourself, Sam. They're gone, it's over. I haven't heard that sound once in the three days we've been here. But I did, uh. Are you Will Smith now? I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I think you probably dreamt it. She said emotionlessly. Sam. What? I snapped my head up. You fucking drifted off again. I'm sick of this shit from you. Your okay. fucking addiction has turned you into a different person. She pointed at my bag, and I knew that she knew exactly how often I'd been getting high. Of course I'm a different person, I said defensively. You haven't seen me in a decade. You know, that's not what I meant. I'm talking about the heroin. You're killing yourself, Sam. You look like a ghost already. Kimber threw the parka on a chair and wound a scarf around her neck. She sat cross-legged on the tattered chair in the corner of the room. Is this an intervention? I asked. Because better friends have tried. Liar. <laughs> Fuck off, Sam. This isn't even about the drugs anymore. I can't rely on you. You make yourself a fucking liability. Nodding off, passing out, not at all in control of yourself, always needing a fucking fix, and you're mean. Vicious, even. You forget things that happened hours or even minutes before. I needed you here, Sam, and you fucking let me down. I didn't ask to come on this little mission of yours, I said hotly. I told you no back in Chicago. No one put a gun to your head. Well, you may as well have. I wasn't going to let you go alone and get yourself killed. So you come with me and put my life in danger every chance you get? I... Just forget it. This is all for nothing anyway. They, they know we're here. They have even attempted to stop us because they know how powerless we are. We can't do anything because there is nothing left to expose. We got outsmarted. I heard the mill last night. They just moved it, is all. You didn't hear anything. You were unconscious. I know what I fucking heard. You don't know shit. You're too high to even realize where we are half the time. That is bullshit. You haven't been sober in days, maybe weeks, maybe even years. She was right. I haven't been sober since prison. And even when I was in there, I was usually high on something. It had been so long. What do you want from me, Kimber? 
you know the uh, it's a very frowns McBoohoo thing to sing uh, Adam. What's what's his name? The, what do you want from me? Oh, is that is that the thing? Frowns has done that every time his character says that line huh. in in like three or four different episodes. <laughs> well, I'm cribbing the uh, cribbing notes. I don't even know that that singer. Adam. Oh, we just did this last night. I don't know. The American Idol. Yeah. Nope. Adam um, Adam Levine. We're gods. Nope. Continue. For most of the conversation, Kimber had been staring out the window, but now she turned her head and looked straight into my soul, as if this was the question she had been waiting for. I want you to give me Sam back. My Sam. Her words cut deep, so I laughed at them. I want to be able to trust what you say and be able to tell you things, too. I know you would never lie to me, Sam, but when you're high, I can never tell if what you're seeing and hearing is real. I'm not even totally sure that it was Mirror that you were screaming at yesterday. It was. Wasn't it? I wanted to tell you who my contact was in Drisking. I wanted you to talk to him. He wants to talk to you, and there are things I wanted to tell you. There are... Things I may as well tell you now, since it's over anyway. Like what? I asked. Killian Clary is dead, Sam. What? When? Eight years ago. How? I don't know. My heart broke for Kimber. Clary was fucking dead and she had known it. Kimber should have been able to confront her abuser, cut his dick off, kill him if she felt the need to. And now she would never have that chance, and she'd known it all along. Kimber. Just fucking stop, Sam. There's more. You know, Ambercott Fort and the Triple Tree, they're gone. Someone burned that ship to the fucking ground years ago. There's unrest in Drisking. We could have used that. Fuck. But that's not even remotely the worst thing. The worst truth of all is this. I didn't come out here to expose that fucking baby farm. I should have, but I didn't. I didn't even come out here to kill mine. She was tripping over her words as she tried to breathe in between them. The man who hurt me. But I really, really wanted to. The reason I came out here was to find out the truth about Kyle or die trying. And I couldn't even do either of those things. I don't know where Kyle is, and I'm still alive to live with that pain, so I knew I could never fight all of this. I wanted to hug Kimber so badly, but I knew she wouldn't want it. But you could have. Kimber continued. That's the worst thing you could have. I brought you out here to do what I can't. Expose them. Kill them. Help all those women we left here nine years ago. I'm too weak to do it. Too broken. The only person I could have helped was Kyle. I thought you could handle everything else. Kimber let out a spiteful laugh. (laughs) It sounds fucking stupid now. No, it doesn't. But you're stronger than you think, Kimber. I said. So are you. I didn't know if she was right. I had monsters I couldn't kill and she was stronger than I would ever be. But she was hurting, and I was inflicting so much of that pain. Kimber had been buried under all those burdens alone. She was trying to carry all the way to Baraska and Kyle by herself, and I had just made her burdens heavier. She couldn't afford my weakness on this campaign, but she still bore it. Just like when we were kids, Kimber was the glue that held everything together. She was even holding me together. But the glue was cracking, and Kimber was about to shatter. And I was the one making the final swings of the hammer. I had to listen to her now. She was telling me that she needed me. She needed me. Not who I'd become. It had been so long since anyone had needed me for anything. And those women, all those years ago, what was it I had promised them? I will come back and help you all. 
Super Promsies as soon as I find Kimber. Well, Kimber was here. That's exactly how he said it all those years ago. <laughs> and so was I. All those episodes ago. And so were they. Despite it all, I was sure of what I'd heard. I needed to do better. I needed to be better for her and Kyle and all of those I'd left behind. If Baraska was still there, it meant that maybe, maybe Kimber's source was telling the truth about Kyle. And then meant that there was hope. But not if I remained the sickly, unpredictable heroin addict that I let myself become. Kimber, in my bag, the side pocket there, rolled up in a pair of pants, there's uh, tin, there's tin foil. Just dump everything inside of it in the toilet. And, and flush it. Kimber's dark expression lightened a fraction and she stood up uncertainly. Then went to my bag and found the heroin where I told her it would be. She unwrapped the tinfoil and I watched the sadness cross her face when she saw the size of the brick. It takes a lot for me. Are you sure about this? She asked. Was I? No. <laughs> I hated almost everything about the idea and my body was already recoiling at the thought. Yes. Kimber came back from the bathroom and sat down on the edge of her bed. What... what do I do now? I've actually only done this once and only for a few days. The next 72 hours are going to suck for us both. I can go sleep in the car for a few days if... No, no, Sam. I'm going to be here. Okay. Well, here's what you can expect. (laughs) I'm going to be a total asshole. Kimber rolled her eyes at me. Check. I'm going to feel cold all the time. She looked over at the thermostat, which is currently set at 84. Check. I'm going to be in pain, a lot of it, and I'm going to sleep like shit. She gave me a sympathetic look. Check. And I'm probably going to ask you to find me dope. I I wouldn't even know where. And I know that, but I'll ask anyway. This will probably start in a few hours and peak sometime tomorrow, but I'm a heavy user, so it could be a few days. How long are we checked in this hotel? It's open-ended. Well, that's, that's good. Kimber crawled over the bed where I was sitting. For the first time since we were a kid, she put her arm around me and lay her head on mine. You're going to be okay, Sam. You're stronger than you know. I believed her. But the question for me wasn't whether I could do it. With Kimber by, with Kimber by my side, I know I could. The real controversy was who would appear on the other side. I hadn't been sober since I was a teenager, and I had no idea who I was going to be in three days. I glanced over the thermostat and pulled the quilt up higher in my body. I was already feeling a chill. Ooh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? You Can you medically... You didn't think we'd withdraw? I didn't think we would. Can you medically withdraw from that much heroin safely? You can't, Cold right? turkey? Absolutely not. No, that's not safe medically. You, um... Well, that's, you know... Train spotting makes, it, makes a mess of it. It makes it look like a thing that you can just light switch, and that is absolutely not the case. Okay. You, your body would, um... Your body would shock. Your body would have a... You'd have a heart attack. Right. You know, your your entire system, like, nervous systems, rewrites itself to be okay without it, and that's not fucking easy. Like, you, you'd die. <laughs> like, that's why withdrawal kills a lot of people. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, hey, I know you don't often listen to this podcast for real-life advice, but uh, if you're going through, a, you know, an addiction like that, uh, of that magnitude... Go see a medical professional, because keep, it but, will kill you. But keep listening to the show. But r- for right now, keep dosing, <laughs> and keep dosing. <gasps> Smoke it if you got it. That's all I'm saying. Don't flush it on the toilet. Smoke if you got it. It was probably expensive. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, when you sober up, 
uh, give us a follow, give us a subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> subscribe. I'm good for you. Chapter nine. But right now, keep it. Keep, keep the it. train. Keep the train going. <laughs> I was true to my word, much to Kimber's distress. By that evening, I was clawing at the walls, and I didn't shut my eyes even once that night due to the pain in my back. Kimber tried to soothe me, put on movies she thought I would like, and curled up next to me at night, but the real comfort was just her presence, even in spite of her insistence that I drink water every hour that I couldn't keep down. I refused food the next day, but she finally got me to swallow something in the evening. Yeah, she did. Oh. That night I slept and I lived in dreams so real they were almost lucid. More than once, Kimber woke me up because I was crying or shouting. The day after that, I laid in bed all day and didn't move other than to limp to the bathroom. My back was still in burning pain, though the rest of my body was freezing. Kimber, not knowing what else to do, turned the heater all the way up to 95 degrees. She was down to a tank top and underwear, but still I shivered. Hell yeah! He knows what he's doing. He's not on heroin. <laughs> he fucking has this planned out to a T. Oh, the good old, the old heroin trip. <laughs> I'm, you're going to need to turn up, uh, turn up the thermostat. Turn up the thermostat. I'm, I'm really cold. I'm really cold. I'm really, I'm taking off. Feel free to. I'm going to take off my clothes. You can take off your clothes. Uh, also, also you, the heroin. I can't uh, see so naked hot. people. It's so, so hot. people get, get so naked hot. in front of me, it just looks like they have clothes uh, on. It's, it's, it's heroin. The following morning, I woke up with no memory of the night before. Kimber told me she'd only woken me up once from my nightmares. It was the fourth day I had been clean, and though I was still aching and going through heavy withdrawals, my mind felt more clear. Reality was painfully bright and raw, and my actions over the last week were agonizing to remember. I apologized to Kimber about what I had said and done so often that it went from amusing her to downright annoying. I had smoked half a carton in the day I'd been detoxing, and my throat felt like the smoke snack on a coal train. With my new clarity came some raw realizations. I started to notice Kimber on her phone throughout the day, her expression dubious and worried. I wanted to ask, but I couldn't focus on too much intricacy yet. We ate more pizza that day, I kept down an entire two slices, and Kimber made me drink liters of water, which also stayed down. As we neared the week mark, Kimber started sleeping in her own bed again. I was remembering some of my dreams, and while most of them were nightmares from the years before, I had also some pleasant dreams of Whitney and my mother. I was feeling again, and though it hurt more often than not, I realized that not all the feelings are bad. It was something I had forgotten during my many years of numbness. The dreams of my family awakened in me an unrelenting ache that I couldn't ignore. I wanted to see them again, my sister and my mother. One was impossible, and the other maybe not entirely. The fact that I was less than ten miles away from my mother at any given time warmed me during the cold nights. And then finally, I felt my physical strength begin to return. I was allowing myself to take ibuprofen for the pain, which was not unlike hurling a dart at an elephant. I was getting out of bed, sleeping through the night, and my mind was as crystal clear as ice. The more I thought about our situation, the angrier I became, but it wasn't the festival of rage that had been my life up until that moment. It was a simmering, controlled ire that I was able to rein in and compartmentalize, ready to execute at my leisure. With the mental clarity, I became even more convinced that what I had heard that night was real. They 
whoever they are now, had simply moved their operation. I told Kimber my belief, but as much as she wanted to believe her source was legit, I knew she was afraid of hoping again. Nine days after the incident on the mountain, I came out of the shower to find Kimber pacing and sliding worried glances my way. What's the matter? I asked as I towel-dried my hair. Hey, do you think the front desk here sells razors? I don't know. I'll ask. I could tell she wanted to say more, but hesitated. What is it? My contact. What about him? He's on his way here. How? You told him where we are? No, he already knew. It's no secret, I guess. She said, well, that's comforting. Why is he coming here? Because he wants to know what the holdup is. What holdup? What does he want from us? Uh, from you, actually. I thought this guy was just giving us hospital records and pointing us towards whatever server the Baraska database is sitting on. He's, uh... I made a wild gesture with my hands, begging her to continue. We're never going to get those records from him, Sam. What? She glanced out the window and crossed her arms. I'm sorry, we were never going to get them. He's offering something different. And he's here. I don't fucking like this, Kimber. I said as I stood up from the bed, I heard someone climbing the stairs outside. Heavy footfalls indicated a large man, or possibly someone who just walked like a Neanderthal. Kimber opened the door before he could knock, and Jimmy fucking Prescott walked in. Jimmy fucking Prescott. Fuck! I'd been keeping the 9mm next to the bed, but had moved it during my withdrawals in case I wanted to fucking shoot myself in the head. It was currently in the bathroom, completely out of reach. Holy shit, look at you. Fucking Sam Walker. Do you know you look exactly like your dad? What the fuck is he doing here, Kimber? I seethed. She was standing in the corner next to the door, arms crossed and a grim expression on her face. Oh, don't be mad at her, Walker. She was just conducting business. You want something, I want something. It doesn't need to be personal. Right, sweetheart? He turned and gave her an oily smile that made my still delicate stomach churn in revulsion. Just talk. Kimber ordered. All right. Well, you want to give the man some privacy then, princess? Jimmy asked, sitting down on the sofa by the door. I'm not leaving you alone with him. She told Jimmy. He shrugged, and before I even realized what he was holding... He shot Kimber with some sort of taser. She fell on the floor immediately and convulsed a few times before going limp. Women, right? Jimmy laughed. My heart dropped to my feet and I lunged towards Prescott and he casually swung the taser around to point at me. Settle down, Prince Charming. She's fun. We've been trying out some non-lethal stuff up at the stables. He rolled it around in his hand and smiled. I think I like this thing. Fuck. Thanks, Sam. What do you do next? Get him to talk. Buy yourself some time. Why would Kimber want to talk to you? What did you tell her? Nothing, really. He shrugged. Threw her bone on that landy kid who we were stomped to death way back when. Well, you remember. You were there. Shit, I almost forgot about that. Anyway, what was I saying? Uh, oh, yeah. I told her I could give her information on that kid's condition. You know, gave her some hope. Gave her some information about the sheriff, too. All the information you'd given her is useless or total bullshit. Jimmy smiled. She played her part. I'm done with her now. But I am willing to fulfill my end of the bargain with you. What bargain? We'll get to that. Jimmy said as he pulled out a cigarette and lit it with a red zippo. Fine. 
You told Kimber that Killian Clary is dead, is that true? Jimmy laughed. As a doornail. Why did you kill him? You think I killed him? He was a useful and loyal business partner. Why would I kill him? Because you're a fucking hothead, that's why. Jimmy reclined back in his chair and took a long draw on his cigarette. You really don't know anything, do you? The mine is under new management. What the fuck does that mean? It means there's a new sheriff in town, kid. I swallowed the bile that rose in my throat. Sheriff Walker? What reason would he have to murder Clary? Because Killian gave the orders to send Walker's daughter to meet the shiny gentleman. I shook my head. I can't fucking believe she was working with you. Believe it, kid. You're not gonna give us the files you keep on Baraska, are you? Fuck no, son! That would incriminate me and my entire family. And the medical records for Kyle and Andestaro? Trust me, there's nothing in there that would help you. So what are you offering us? Jimmy put a cigarette out directly on the glass coffee table next to him and leaned forward. The chance to take down your father. I scoffed. Why would you want that? Look around, kid. This town is a piece of shit. White trash, poor, filthy shadow what it once was. When Walker took over, he changed the whole business model. We used to provide a service. It was fucked up the way we did that, I, I admit it. But in the end, people got to live in a rich town and raise families like they did before the water got all fucked. Drisking was a nice little place people could be proud of. Even you have to admit it. Drisking was a fucking facade. None of that was real. It was real to them. To your teachers, your friends, even Mira, Owen Grady. I heard you scared the shit out of them a couple weeks ago. Man, when I heard that story, I was laughing so hard. I didn't think you'd give up your anonymity so quick, seeing as that's the only thing you had going for you, other than me, of course. Jimmy Prescott was off his fucking rocker. I felt like my skull was going to crack from the audacity of it all. Working with Jimmy Prescott was the definition of suicidal insanity. Anyway, kid, so yeah, your, your dad comes in, big dick on campus, and flips the whole system on its head. Suddenly, we're running a sex trade operation. The higher-ups are happy because now they get girls and more money than before. Walker don't really care about money, as long as he keeps supporting him, so every dollar we make from the stables goes right in the pockets of the upper echelons. No more money for the town, no more babies for the families. The Prescott legacy is in ruins. It's all sort of sex trafficking now. It's just unseemly, if you ask me. And you're sure the sheriff is involved in all of this? Involved? He's fucking running it, kid. Did you listen to anything I said? And you want me to kill him. Jimmy tipped his hat in my direction. I'd be much obliged. Why can't you do it? I said, watching Kimber out of the corner of my eye. She still hadn't moved. Because you're the only person on Earth who has a prayer of killing your daddy. I laughed. If you really believe that, you're dumber than I thought. You've got that wrong kid, Prescott. My dad would kill me without thinking twice. It's Whitney he loved. A shudder ran down my spine. Loved was not the right word. Nah, I don't believe that. He could have had you killed already. Spouting off in town like you did about stolen babies. He's left you alone out here, hasn't he? He knows where you are. Whole sheriff's office does. But they are prohibited from moving on you. On his orders. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Why? Prescott shrugged. No idea. I think it's probably just a game. You don't play until you cross the city limits. Walker had a thing about playing sick games with his kids. It's disgusting, if you ask me. We have very different ideas about what's disgusting. I think you'll change your mind on that before you leave town. Jimmy drawled. 
You actually think the sheriff would let me get close to him knowing I had a gun and intended to kill him? I think there's a chance. He lacks his games. And anyway, I'm certain he'd hesitate to kill you. You're his only son and all that. I think we both know that that's bullshit. Jimmy raised an eyebrow at me. Holy shit, Walker. I'm impressed you knew about that kid. I don't even think he knows about his bastard. And let's say I do manage to kill him. Wouldn't his deputies just shoot me? Nah. I got a promising coup in the works. Been planning this for years. A fair number of his people are loyal to me. Even if that's true, you'd just kill me once it's over? Nah, I wouldn't do that. Why not? You'd been in charge, so why keep me alive? I want Baraska exposed. I want all you sick fucks in jail. Kid, I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to do paperwork or give a shit about how the money is handled or where it goes. You could do that, though. I say we take down the sheriff and install you as big dick on campus. Pussy for miles, son. And you can't be getting a lot these days walking around like you do. Fuck you. I would never be interested in this deal and don't understand why Kimber thought I would be. Well, I never actually told her the part about you... about putting you in charge. Well then, what part did you tell her? I promised her I'd tell her where her boyfriend was, and I told her she'd have a shot at killing a rapist. Her rapist is already dead. Nah, he ain't. My brain ran into a brick wall. I couldn't understand what the fuck he was trying to tell me. Don't look at me, kid. She wasn't assigned to me. And then it clicked. I threw up before I could stop myself, and the vomit ran down my pants to the floor. Sick, kid. You tell. I croaked. Ribbit. You tell the sheriff, I'm fucking coming for him. I like your fury, son. Harness that shit. But you're gonna need a lot more than blinding rage. Here. Jimmy dropped a folded piece of white paper onto the coffee table next to his pile of cigarette ash. These are the coordinates of the new operation. Use your phone or something. Jimmy stood up and moved Kimber's leg out of the way with the toe of his boot. I can't wait to see what you cook up. Just remember, I need him dead, not incapacitated. He opened the door and walked out, then stopped abruptly on the other side of the threshold. Oh, and uh, the sheriff always wears a bulletproof vest. Always. Probably even when he's fucking his wife. He laughed at his own joke and then <laughs> shut the door behind him. As soon as it clicked, I stumbled over to the door and locked it with both deadbolts. Then I collapsed against it and crawled over to Kimber, who hadn't so much as moved since she'd been tased. I was worried he'd had it on too high of a setting for her small frame. I rolled Kimber onto her side, a life-saving maneuver that an addict like me would need to know, and when I was satisfied that she was still breathing, I dragged a pillow down from the bed and shoved it underneath Kimber's head. I wanted to punch something, or break something, or beat someone to death, not just anyone, my father. The man Kimber had known since she was nine years old, the man who had watched her grow up with his own son, why was I fucking surprised after what he had done to Whitney? I had killed my monsters, I would kill him too. And perhaps worst of it all, Kimber hadn't told me. She kept it all to herself to protect me from the pain. I was the spitting image of my father, I had known it, and Prescott had confirmed it, but she never recoiled from me in disgust or looked at me with fear. I knew the sheriff had to die. Jimmy Prescott, sick, twisted fuck that he was, was about to get exactly what he wanted, but I knew I couldn't let him live either. Prescott couldn't keep me alive. I was a liability. He knew that. He knew that I knew that. He was simply gifting me a lie that I could use to comfort myself while I prepared to go through with it all. 
because I knew if Jimmy Prescott was coming to me for help, that meant that he had completely lost control of the situation. And if Jimmy, with all his money and influence, couldn't have the sheriff killed, no one could. Except maybe me, on the long shot bet that my father harbored any remaining paternal feelings for me. I only had the beginning tethers of a strategy, but soon I would have a full plan, and I knew for damn sure that I couldn't involve Kimber. I wasn't going to bring her to the mine with me. I'd put her in too much danger already. I had to figure out how to execute this perfectly, because perfectly was the only way it was going to work. But for now, I would just lie on the floor as the throbbing body ache ate at my coherence. A sharp pain began to push into my back between my shoulder blades. Fuck. I only had days left to live, and I didn't want to die sober. I didn't want to feel everything that you feel when you die. I wanted to be as high as fucking stars when my time came. I'd earned that, at least, hadn't I? The sheriff knew I was here. Prescott was getting impatient. Time was running out. I pulled my phone out of my vomit-soaked jeans and dialed a familiar number. Yo, man. I need a favor. I have two questions. Yeah. Boop, boop. Number one. What did we just learn? What was the revelation that he threw up on the carpet because of? His dad was the one who raped Kimber. And that's why she recoils when Kim when he's touching her. Oh, uh, we didn't think that before. No, we were told it was Clary. Okay, it, that's that's a that's a. It was Clary in the original narrative. Okay, and then the twist is the twist now is when we were told it was Clary before it no longer is like Clary must have been lying when he was talking about having his way with her or, okay. you know, whatever. Um, second question. Why does he? Why is he dying? <laughs> Who? Why is Sam dying? Well, he imagines he's gonna walk in there and get shot. Oh, like he's this is gonna he's be a suicide mission. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I thought, I thought he had like fox die or something. <laughs> I thought, yeah. I'm sober now, and therefore I must <laughs> I have be dead. Three days to left to live. I got three days left to live with my sober body. <laughs> so, is the revelation now that are Kimber and Sam brother and sister now? No. Okay. No. Is Kimber when Kimber was abducted in the part the end of part three, she wasn't picked up and chosen to be Barascud by Prescott or Clary. She was picked up to be Barascud by Sam's dad. Right. We hadn't known that. Right. Back back when. Oh yeah, that's not how that's not how siblings work. Yeah, that's, yeah, just because that's the kid very... just because the kid was picked up to be Barascud doesn't right. mean that like they're related the, the entire does not Plus, give you Sam and through. Whitney moved into that town. <laughs> I cannot believe I just thought that. That's okay. <laughs> we didn't know that their entire time being grown up in that town made Kyle and Kimber related. That, that's a that's a narrative right. we, we stepped True. into. We didn't know any of their up. And now Sam and Kimber are brother and sister. As with Jimmy Prescott. Jimmy Prescott is their is their brother. So it's getting Everyone is related. <laughs> it's getting a little complicated. Everyone is related. Damn. Um, Jimmy fucking Prescott. I just saw the phrase big rape empire. So that was fun. Sounds about right. If I were to Yeah, perfect. Oh dude, spoilers. Kimber dies. Well that sucks. Um <laughs> so You can't say that. <laughs> You can't say that. 
<laughs> That's funny though. I really, I really like the twist that Prescott is the one is their contact. The entire time, I thought it was their um, uh, Kyle's one cousin that I kept doing the Jack Black voice for last time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy who came to the beach. Yeah, like Ed like, or something. Uh, uh, fuck. There were two of them. Two of them came to the beach. Well, there was there was Mikey, and then there was the cousin, which was yeah. like Ian or Shane or something okay. like that. And I just really wanted, uh, I, I really wanted him to come back so I could just keep doing Shimone. that. <laughs> I wanted to keep doing that voice where it was just like, "Hey, listen up, fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna save your girlfriend." <laughs> And like, uh, I just wanted, I wanted him to be the hookup for no reason. Like he worked at like a blockbuster right. in Drisking and he's just like, I know everything about movies. Yeah. <laughs> no, about, about brass. I work with John Cusack. And then, uh, <laughs> we have a record store together and, uh, now it's just fucking Jared Fogel. It's just, <laughs> it's Jared, just Fogel Jared Fogel with a Texan himself. accent. Yeah. That's, that's who it is. Um, we, Jimmy Prescott being the uh, the catalyst is very interesting for me. I didn't think that would happen. I think it is neat. <laughs> I think it's fun. I, I think it's fun. It makes it spicy because it, like it. you didn't... You don't see that coming. And I did not see that coming. When he walked in, I was like, where's the gun? Where's the is this a is this a reverse checkups? We know that the gun is in the room, but in the third act it hasn't gone off yet. Like I'm I'm waiting. Yeah. Um and I hope he fucking gets his. Out of all the people knowing that Clary's now dead, the only two people I I can think of that I really hope fucking get it Sam's are, dad. are Sam's dad and Jimmy. And Jimmy. Yeah. Especially because they're, the sandwiches are really overpriced. No, really. Still still on with the sandwiches. Well, it's like 12 bucks for like an 8-inch sandwich. And it's artisanal, so they feel like they can charge like 12 bucks. Yeah. But it ends up being like a Subway sandwich. It's basically a Subway sandwich with like mozzarella instead of yeah. like provolone. Like, yeah. That's ridiculous. Cheap stuff. Cheap oh, stuff. Oh, we have ciabatta bread. Oh, we rape people. Same, same Genoa. Bread. Same pepperoni. Same Super, super same cheap. Same shit. In fact, uh, you know, uh, the 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 guy, the same guy works there. It's the Jared, the one who, you know, yeah. obviously he lives in Drisking because he likes to have sex with children. That's literally, it all is tied together. <laughs> if you think about That's it. That's the narrative. The clues are everywhere. It's the, the narrative. The story's inspired by Subway. <laughs> Do you want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor? Shout out. Subway, for this stay episode? fresh. Have Subway. It, have it your way. <laughs> I don't know what they're... I don't know if their catchphrase is. <laughs> the catchphrase is, please don't associate us with that. That was like 10 years ago. With a foot long of baby meat. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, Braska's fun. It's a fun story. I don't I don't mind it being um, like a longer narrative if mm-hmm. it's something you're more comfortable with. Uh, I think when when we sit down to read these, there's a certain amount of like precedence specifically now with where we're at with with Baraska it's mm-hmm. just like we didn't joke that much we didn't we didn't even really um go over in between chapters of what was happening right. we literally just steamrolled through a couple chapters just then and i think it's just because like 
we want to get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> like we want to figure out what's going on. I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, um, if we don't get our John Wick shootout, <laughs> we're going to. You think you you think we're it's going to be a John Wick ending? Uh, he's going to kill thirteen people with like dual pistols. It's going to make zero sense. He's going to get shot and then shot and then shot and then Kyle's going to come out and they're going to kiss. <laughs> I'll save you. Kimber's going to come out and they're going to kiss. It's Kim. It's Kyle that's in love with Sam. Not, Kyle. Not Kyle's going to come out and they're going to have a all moment. I dreamt about for those ten years. And Sam. then Kimber's going to come out and the three of them Give are going to have a dick. moment. And then he's going to expire. He's going to die. <laughs> That's it. That's all I had. By yep. the way, I have, uh, I have uh, Cronus disease. <laughs> I'm gone now. <laughs> and then just literally dust. He just fades away. <laughs> just yep. dust. He was always a ghost, like a Thanos snap. Yep. I had a lot of fun. Do you have any uh, any remarks? Any comments that you'd like to leave us with today? Subway eat fresh. Great. That's it. Two to the one, one to the three. I like the pussy and I like the tree. Smoke so much weed, you wouldn't believe. And I get more ass than a toy.